Welcome to Profiles, a three-part podcast that dives deep into the lives of promotional products professionals. Profiles is brought to you by Promo Journal, a division of Promo Corner. Promo Journal provides fresh, daily content from industry thought leaders. Blogs, videos, product features, and live content all in one convenient location. Weekly advertising opportunities are available. Contact sales at promocorner.com to get your message seen. Hello and welcome to our seventh series of Promo Corner's new podcast, Profiles, where we talk with longtime industry professionals about their experiences and their take on the promotional products world today. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to schedule time with us. This month's guest has been part of the promotional products world since the late 1990s, after emigrating to the United States from South Africa with his family. The Houston-based company has been named by both ASI and PPAI as one of the best places to work in the industry, and PPB Magazine named our guest as one of the best bosses to work for. In 2018, he was the recipient of ASI's annual Best Cohen Humanitarian Award, and this year, he was honored with PPAI's H. Ted Olson Humanitarian Award for his work with hurricane relief and veterans groups. What was it like for him to uproot his life and move to a new country and start a new business? I think that also immigrating to this country uh, also had a profound effect on me because um, I'm an outsider. I've, I've got to do everything I can to become an insider. Given the awards and accolades he's received, in addition to the business he's built that employs close to 100 people, after 22 years of hard work, he seems to have become that insider. Our guest this month is Peter Hirsch, CEO of Hirsch Gift based in Houston, Texas, a company that supplies technology products and other brands to our industry. Peter grew up in South Africa in a town called Durban, and he relates a bit of what it was like and the family business they owned. Well, South Africa is a very beautiful country. Um, you know, it's, it's a country of generally mild weather. We lived on the coast. We lived in Durban, uh, which is a coastal city. And um, I lived there for the first 45 years of my life uh, until we immigrated with the family uh, to the U.S., but um, was I had um, been in my originally was my family's business was called Wright Manufacturing uh, in South Africa was a an apparel company we manufactured ladies apparel and it was the we, we manufactured the better end of ladies apparel um, and it was to a more mature they they called it the Missy market in the U.S. and I used to go on regular trips to Europe into the U.S. Uh, to get ideas of what was going on in other markets. Uh, and of course, also to Hong Kong, China, um, and you know, other Asian countries at the time. And we, we were going at a nice pace in South Africa. I had brother-in-laws in the business as well. So it was a family business um, until the political change uh, took place in South Africa. And the... What happened was we, we landed up with, there were a lot of security issues. Um, the, the rule of law 
at that time kind of disappeared as, as changes took place. Uh, the trade unions got very strong um, as, and, and actually were forcing a lot of people out of business. As the political climate changed, it grew increasingly difficult to run a business. Wages increased dramatically and factories began to close down, causing the unemployment rate to jump to 15%. His family shuttered their manufacturing company because it was becoming cheaper to import products rather than manufacture them in South Africa. Peter started to import apparel, but after a couple of years, it was time to make a decision. But at the time, we, we felt as a family that we wanted to immigrate to the United States. We had family here. Uh, my sister had immigrated here years before, and she and her family. And that's actually how we landed up in Houston, because family was here. We had visited here a number of times. We had met people here. We thought that it was a really a wonderful place to, to settle in, in the United States. We liked Texas. It was it was business friendly, and you know I've I've always had at that point had my own business, so some somewhere along the line I knew I wanted to have my own business again, but um, I had to get in, I had to get a green card, I had to get the opportunity, and I was offered an opportunity by a family friend here to work in a lighting store, and you know when you. When you want to get into the United States, you have to take whatever opportunity you can get. So it was pretty tough, you know, on the family with this this big move coming here. Uh, and it was pretty tough on me as well, because, you know, after running my own company and, you know, employing about 150 staff in South Africa coming here and, you know, have, it, it, it's a real wake up call to start, you know, packing out shells and unpacking trucks and so on. After about six months, Peter realized he wasn't happy working for someone else and started to look for a business to buy. But that also proved harder than he anticipated. I looked at small businesses, went to like small business um, brokers. And, you know, it's tough. You try to buy a small business. There, there are a lot of small businesses available, but not a lot of good ones that you can buy. And... Um, so anyway, I came across this company which was uh, importing uh, silver products. Um, and they did everything from, you know, Bibles with silver covers to candlesticks and different types of little silver uh, knickknacks and so on. And I was almost, I almost concluded it was a very small company owned by a couple who were retiring. And and then when I investigated further, doing my due diligence, and I found that they totally overstated the inventory and these numbers weren't adding up. And I said, you know what, I'm not paying somebody for something that I can't trust. He decided instead to use all of his contacts and the people he'd met over the years to help him start a business from scratch, which he did in 1999, one that didn't sell promotional products. I actually started the business um, and I wasn't in this industry. It was in 99. And um, so we started um, in the garage and in the kitchen um, as a gift company, uh, you know, hence Hirsch Gift. And, and actually you may think, well, why Hirsch Gifts? You know, about the gifts and a lot of people call it Hirsch Gifts. And, and the reason for that is at the time, obviously I had delusions of grandeur. I thought, well, 
you know, I'll start off and it'll be a Hirsch gift division and then maybe it'll be a Hirsch apparel division and so on. So, so it, it became a gift division. I left off the division part. Um, but uh, yeah, that was back in 99 and we carried on. Um, we were in the, you know, we used to show at the Javits Center and at a number of, you know, other Atlanta, Dallas, all, all the gift marts. Um, selling mainly silver products. It was everything from candlesticks, bowls, um, and a few desk accessories, uh, but all in plated silver. Selling to gift stores at the time was not an easy task. And as his company floundered, fate took over. Around about 2001, a couple of years later, I was almost out of business. And... We were importing uh, from China. I had, you know, previous relationships with uh, factories and so on in China uh, from my previous life in South Africa. And the I came across some distributors uh, who had come on the booth and we had silver pens, we had silver card holders and some wine accessories and so on. And they asked me if we could decorate. And I don't even know what they were meaning by decorate. And they also asked me if I had a coded catalog. I don't know what that meant. Um, but the people that I met um, at Javits, and some of the, those people we're still dealing with today, it's incredible. But they, they seem to be a much higher caliber uh, of person than the, the little mom and pop gift store owner. He jumped into selling branded products with both feet, attending one of the last PPAI shows in Dallas before it moved to Las Vegas. Hirschgift has grown and expanded their lines of products, and like any small business, the challenges never end. What does Peter consider one of the most difficult aspects of running his business? One of this, the, the hardest part is, is actually having the right people, you know, to work with. I think, you know, uh, a business is, it's a people's business. No matter what business, no matter what you're selling, uh, not what, no matter what area you're in, you're in a people's business. And finding the right people, I think, is critical. And I think, fortunately, at the moment, uh, we, we've got a fantastic team. Um, and, you know, we, we, we embellish Kaizen in, in our, that's, that's our motto, um, which is Japanese for continuous improvement. And we added teamwork to that. So continuous improvement and teamwork. And that's what we, what we live by. And um, we, we, we really foster, try to foster that spirit as strongly as possible to have people who, who want to work as a team and you know, not, haven't got huge egos um, and will work together to, you know, for, the, for the end product. Noting he's by far the oldest person at his company, he believes it's important to surround yourself with younger people as they have the energy to get things done and understand the new technologies needed to keep improving the business. Then the question arises, how do you keep employees engaged and create a culture where they feel empowered? You know, I think it's in each department, um, you know, because remember that we're about 60% uh, production uh, production employees and 40% is sales, admin, and other areas. And I think each one of those leaders, you know, of each of those departments 
uh, has to drive, you know, that um, that spirit of you know entrepreneurship within their department, and and you know foster the type of people that that they can work with, and you know it's that's that's the most important thing. So you know, from my perspective, it's it's having the right people and keeping them happy. That also includes social outings for the team, as well as a nice kitchen area and even a gym he's in the midst of developing for employees. Sounds like a great place to work. As you'll learn in our next episode, Peter doesn't shy away when it comes to helping those in need. One example is the work he's done multiple times to collect goods for those affected by the hurricanes that have devastated the Gulf Coast. It's just been an incredible outpouring from from suppliers, from distributors to collect products, to donate their own products, you know, to have parties in their neighborhoods and, and collect things and donate money and send vouchers from, you know, Walmarts and things like that. So everybody sees that there's a need and they, they, they've got unbelievable hearts in this industry. So the outpouring is, is tremendous. From all of us here at Provo Corner, Thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn, and watch for our next episode with Peter Hirsch of Hirsch Gift. Thank you for listening to Profiles. Join us again as we continue to explore the lives of people who have impacted our industry. Profiles was brought to you by Promo Journal, a division of Promo Corner. Promo Journal provides fresh, daily content from industry thought leaders. Blogs, videos, product features, and live content all in one convenient location. Weekly advertising opportunities are available. Contact sales at promocorner.com to get your message seen.